Welcome to Grand Turbo MoneyCast, where you will hear the answers to many of your investment questions. The material you are about to receive is neither a solicitation nor an offer to buy or sell any securities. Please remember, all investments bear risk. Now, on to our show featuring Gregory Anderson, CEO of Granderson Wealth Management Group in Denver. Hi, I'm Steve Koch, and we're here for another installment of Grand Turbo MoneyCast. And as always, we have with us the star of the show, Gregory Anderson. Hello, it's Gregory Anderson with Granderson Wealth Management in Denver, Colorado. I want to welcome you to our second installment of Grand Turbo MoneyCast. Today, we're going to be talking about a very exciting topic, cryptocurrency, and that involves... Bitcoin, Ethereum, so many other things that Greg Gregory will be talking about today. We're going to be talking about what it is, how it works, the history of it. Uh, we're going to try to orient you the best that we can to a very complicated topic. And hopefully by the end of this, you'll find out whether or not Bitcoin is a good investment for you. Gregory, can you please start by giving us some idea of what cryptocurrency is and how it maybe compares to other investments? Well, it's a huge topic, as you mentioned, and I get a lot of questions from my clients about what is Bitcoin, what is Ethereum, what is cryptocurrency, what should I be doing? And really, it's, I believe, a investment class that investors need to consider. And it is a brand new investment class. Uh, it's digital currency. It's designed to be encrypted so that uh, there is no intermediary whatsoever. So it's peer-to-peer. -peer. So if you want to exchange your cryptocurrency, uh, let's say Bitcoin, with another person, you may do that. And uh, it is a uh, secure method of transferring your currency between one person or another or an organization if you choose as well. What is cryptocurrency backed by? And by the way, can we talk mainly about Bitcoin? There's so many variations. Correct. But but for but for the main purposes here, just to make things simple, let's talk about Bitcoin. Okay. Um, what's it backed by? Well, it's really a secure currency. It's, it's not necessarily backed by the government. It's not backed by an insurance company. So what makes it secure? Well, it's this 64-digit uh, uh, security that um, it's 64 digit currency uh, digit that has to be broken or uh, revealed in order to have the coins. Okay, so it's like a code? It is a code. So it's encoded. It's encoded. That's correct. Okay, and is there a limited supply of Bitcoin? There is. There is a limited supply, 21 million coins. And it's estimated maybe by 2140 that all of the coins would be minted. So it... it by minted, what do you mean? Okay, I so... Put it in my pocket? Well, that really... <laughs> No, it's actually held digitally, so there's really an electronic wallet, so it's not 
anything that you can hold in your pocket. And it resides on a computer. It resides on a hard drive. Um, it can also be offloaded into a very similar to a thumb drive if you wanted to carry it that way. But it is a very, very secure method of digital currency. Okay, this sounds to me almost like electronic banking, where I don't really even see my money. I mean, I, I get a paycheck, it's, it's deposited electronically, uh, and then I, make, I pay my bills electronically. I never see that money. It's just numbers on my computer screen. Is, is that what it is? It's kind of? very similar. However, there's not a bank that's involved. Oh, there is not. That's interesting. There is not an intermediary whatsoever. So when you're paying your bills online, you're usually doing that with your bank, right? Or it's with the provider, such as an electric company or a utility company or a credit card company. This is peer to peer. So there's okay. no intermediary whatsoever. Okay, but it, so if there's no bank keeping track of this stuff, who keeps track? Well, that's what the blockchain is about. Oh, so well, there's yeah, another there's a word for <laughs> there's us. another. Yeah, so actually there is a ledger, so the blockchain is a ledger which actually keeps track of the transaction. Who's in charge of the blockchain? Well, that is the that's the encryption. That's really the encryption and it's 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 based on the actual coin. So each coin has its own ledger that's associated with it, and it tracks that currency. So okay. even with the large value, you may be able to take a slice of that. So right now at you know roughly $47,000 for a Bitcoin, an individual okay. coin, you can buy a slice of that. Okay. Is this any different than... See, I, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I'm going to use a currency, dollar bills, to buy a different currency, Bitcoin. I could also use my dollar bills to buy euros or yen. Is, is there any difference there? Very similar. Well, okay. what you're doing is you are converting to this currency, right. a cryptocurrency. <clears throat> so there's a conversion. So that means that you are buying all of it or more than one or a fraction. Why should I invest in Bitcoin? That's a great question, Steve. And the reason why it's a great question is because it's very pervasive in the media today in regards to cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, Dogecoin, Litecoin. There's thousands. Well, the reason why you should do it is because it's it's really gained a lot of interest. The institutional investors, such as pensions, uh, insurance companies, um, big banks are involved with cryptocurrency. And it really is another way of diversifying your portfolio. So that's really the bottom line. So just like gold, silver, platinum, if you have commodities in an overall portfolio, this is another way to diversify your portfolio because it does not perform like the rest of the market, which what I mean by that is stocks and bonds, mutual funds, um, money markets. It does not perform in the same degree. Okay. Um, cryptocurrency 
became very uh, exposed to the public about six months or so ago when Elon Musk was the host of Saturday Night Live. And every time you hear about cryptocurrency, I think about Elon Musk. I guess Tesla is taking it as a way to pay for cars. He made, on Saturday Night Live, he made a couple of jokes about Dogecoin, which is a type of cryptocurrency, right? Correct. Dogecoin is like, Correct. It's like Bitcoin, just, just another, another... Similar. Yeah. And then I think the next day, Dogecoin plummeted 30%. Is that... How does that happen? Well... I believe what happened was a lot of people were tuning in to Saturday Night Live hoping that they would they would find out what Dogecoin was all about. They would find out that this was the holy grail and come to find out in several of the skits, um, it really is something that was made up. You know, Dogecoin is something that really is not backed by anything. So it was kind of a spoof. Uh, the little dog that is the uh, logo is, um, you know, is very recognizable. People really see that. They've heard about it. And that's the reason why the popularity is there. Unfortunately, it's not anything. It's not backed by anything. Well, it's Bit a meme. Bit it's a, it's, Bitcoin, it's a, Bitcoin's not backed by anything, is no, it? No, it's not. But the there is a process it's uh it does create value uh in that the the way it's mined uh the limited resource of the number of coins that are available so that's where the value has been created in terms of just knowing that this is you know does have value but it's electronic it's electronic i'm glad you mentioned this whole concept of mining for bitcoin mm -hmm. And I've heard about people doing this, and it sounds like it's free. You can it doesn't cost you any money to mine for Bitcoin. I'll assume you're willing to pay your electric bill. Correct. <laughs> so if it's free, if it's out there, why should I pay for it? Well, it takes time to actually mine a coin. How do you find it? It's um, there's a processor. You have to have it's a. a a special processor to actually mine the coins, a GPU. And uh, then after you, uh, there are blocks, then those blocks are one megabytes. Uh, and what happens is you also have to solve the mathematical code is that 64 hexadigit that uh, I mentioned before. Hmm. So it's not... For the faint at heart. Okay, this sounds like risky investment. So, t tell me first of all, do you have a lot of clients investing in Bitcoin, and and maybe you can get without revealing their identities. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can tell us what their attitudes are toward investing, so I can I kind of identify with that. Well, the, uh, yes, I do have clients that have inquired. I have clients that have gone off and invested uh, on their own. My recommendation is to actually limit how much of your portfolio you want to expose to cryptocurrencies. And the reason being, just like any investment, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So in general terms, no more than maybe 10%. 
that would be the same guidelines for silver or gold. If you have precious metals in your portfolio, you wouldn't want to have all of your eggs in one basket. Right. And, and my understanding about investing in something like silver and gold is uh, it's a good hedge against inflation. At least that's what I heard. What's the rationale for investing in Bitcoin? What, what is it? In other words, you want a balanced portfolio? What's it offsetting? Well, what you're doing is you're offsetting the rest of the portfolio because it is non-correlated, as I mentioned before. It's not correlated with stocks or bonds. There you go. And so that's the reason why you would want to have it in your portfolio. The other is that it's gain wide acclaim with institutional investors. So in the last four or five years, institutional investors have really gotten into investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, for example. So that's the reason why we want to have a okay. diversified portfolio. Just for an example, Bitcoin was up 320% in 2020. I mean, that's a huge uh, increase. Why wouldn't you want to have a piece of your portfolio invested in an alternative investment. Okay. On the other hand, <clears throat> where is it year-to-date so far? Year-to-date, uh, it's actually up uh, from where it was at uh, actually the end of the year. So okay. at forty, you know, at forty-seven thousand, you know, it's it, you know you're looking at roughly about thirty thousand at the beginning of the year. So even though a few months ago it was as high as sixty-five thousand dollars, so there's a lot of volatility. And you have to realize there are risks associated with this investment. And even though you have large gains, you can also have large uh, decreases or losses in the portfolio. It's only realized once you exchange it or sell your position. Okay. As somebody like yourself who analyzes the financial world, and you can look at a company, a public company, for instance, and you can look at all the elements within that company that are going to contribute to its success or maybe cause some uh, problems along the way. And you can decide, well, this, this company is headed in this direction or a different direction or it's really going to go up or it could go down. And you've got reasons for all that. But when you look at Bitcoin, do you have any way of saying this? This I think it's going to go out, uh, go up, and this is why. You're absolutely correct. The, you in looking at a company, you're looking at the fundamentals. You're looking at the prospects of it uh, increasing just based on sales, the popularity of that particular product or service. Whereas with Bitcoin, it's more on a demand basis. That's what I would say. The 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 best thing about Bitcoin is that it's finite, whereas some of the other currencies, uh, cryptocurrencies, do not have that finite uh, definition. And mm -hmm. I believe that that really makes a big difference. So as far as why you would want to invest in Bitcoin is because a lot of other professional investors are doing the same thing uh, or what we call smart money. And not all of your money is going to be invested there, but it does allow you to have that opportunity for diversification and increased uh, okay. rate of return. Okay. 
And it sounds like the finite aspect that you mentioned is really key. It's kind of like, I guess, investing in beachfront property. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. But I keep reading about Bitcoin and I keep reading, uh, oh, that's for criminals. Is And people want to launder their money. Correct. Is it, Correct. Is that's one of the, that's a huge disadvantage. And it does come with that notoriety of uh, criminals trying to hide their <laughs> their money. Um, there are ways of tracking it, and the uh, officials have uh, seen that part of the ledger. It does reveal that. There are some alternative currencies that actually are more secure as far as if you're uh, involved in criminal activities that you may you know, think is an, another way to, to hide your anonymity. So it does have a a bad rap in terms of that criminal aspect. But I would say if we're, you know, most people are not involved in criminal activities and it's another way to diversify your, your, um, your portfolio. Okay. I mean, it's the same thing if you're, you know, in, um, you know, contraband or anything else where you're using U.S. currency, for example, or any other uh, currency from a country, you know, they, they still can track that. Do you foresee a time... Who knows when, maybe 30 years from now, where there's no U.S. dollar anymore and it's all just cryptocurrency and it's all, it seems to me that one advantage would be that it's world, it's a worldwide thing and you don't have different countries using different currencies, which you know, causes problems, obviously. If you have the whole world using one currency, it seems like you'd have some benefits from that. Do you foresee a time when there's I, no U.S. dollar? I think that, yes, that it, there has to be because it's really? just it's just way the way we progress. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the electronics and the uh, computers, that there will eventually just be one currency. So maybe this is the front runner for, you know, that one currency that everyone will be able to embrace. And, uh, exchange and uh, have commerce, as we say. Um, but yes, I, I do envision that. And and, and and I hear that El Salvador is out in front of everybody right now. They're like avant-garde, right? <laughs> Correct. El Salvador, tell, Correct. tell them about what's going on in El Salvador. Well, I, I, think, I, I think that just really kind of points to a country that says, well, maybe this is an alternative to having it backed by you know, the U.S. government or U.S. currency. And this is something that's a little bit different. Uh, We're not talking about billions and billions of dollars, but uh, what they did buy, I think it was like, you know, about 500 Bitcoin, which uh, really doesn't make a huge mark in an overall economy, but it really kind of just points to, well, yeah, small country. (laughs) And uh, we want to uh, dabble maybe and uh, just, you know, kind of be on the forefront of a nation actually embracing a cryptocurrency. Now, with the United States, it's a little bit different where it's looking like it's going to be more regulated. uh, And maybe as a result of it being regulated, then it becomes uh, the currency uh, that um, hmm. that more people so the embrace. government would regulate this currently unregulated currency. Well, it, it's the way the SEC, in, in fact, over the last few days have talked about uh, cryptocurrencies being a security. 
So the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, sees that as an opportunity. And it's also being able to make sure that everything is on the up and up as well. Okay, which brings us to a very important topic about Bitcoin, which is taxes. Correct. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. It's like any other investment. It's like any other situation where you profit or lose, uh, you would have to account for that. So but if, if no, you, but if, if you but make... If, but if the government's currently not tracking your, your currency, your Bitcoins, and no bank is tracking Bitcoins... How does the government know? How does Uncle Sam know? That's a great question. In actuality, if you did not have a wallet, um, if you did not have a way of holding it in the cloud, for example, so, so it's like companies photos. like yeah. it's kind of like having photos in the Absolutely. cloud. You've got a wallet in the cloud, right. and the wallet keeps track of how much cryptocurrency you have. Go ahead. Correct, and it's it's one of those things where. If it's in the perfect, perfect situation, the perfect world where it's just you are able to exchange your Bitcoin between another person, you probably would you wouldn't know. But the other thing, the, my point is that if you're investing, you're looking to make a profit. And so with these custodians or the wallets, for example, Coinbase, or it could be Robinhood, or it could be uh, Venmo, it could be uh, Cash App, they actually allow you to buy these cryptocurrencies, and they're responsible for reporting okay. the exchange. So if, it's a, if you make money as a result in a 1099, that would be reported to the IRS. And so that's how it's being reported. Okay, you just, so, you just touched on a very important thing that I, I think we might need to repeat here, okay. which is, okay, Mr. Anderson, you've convinced me that this is a very solid investment, and it's very wise, and it's going to balance my portfolio. Correct. I want some, and but where do I go? It sounds like there are apps for it. I Absolutely. can call you, right. and, and, and you can help me, right? Right. Um, and by the way, what's your phone number? My phone number, 303-288-3160. But yes, absolutely. So it would be an app, and these apps are on your phone. Uh, you can also run them on your desktop which or your you laptop. Which app do you recommend? Well, I, I think the one that really sticks out right now is Coinbase. Coinbase. Yeah, and it's a Coinbase. publicly traded. Coinbase.com? Coinbase.com. It's okay. publicly traded. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, they actually went public this year. Okay. So there is a great reputation, but there are many exchanges out there that may not be as reputable. And so you would want to make sure that you have a reputable exchange. So the exchange, of course, it gets back to this whole profitability and time horizon and what's your plan? You know, are you going to hold on to this for the rest of your life? Or are you looking just to make a certain percentage and then move on to maybe the next investment? Okay. The whole thing about paying taxes on your Bitcoin sales and profits mm -hmm. sounds to me like there's a little bit of room there for people to fudge their tax returns. Well, in actuality, it's um, 
it's anything over 10,000 should be reported, but if it's, it should be. Okay. So, but any, if you're making money, you, and if it's outside of one of these exchanges that reports to the IRS and that's, and they're being regulated because the government wants to know, you know, what is going on with the profitability, uh, with these particular, uh, cryptocurrencies. So I don't think we can escape it. Mm-hmm. So some way, somehow, it's either going to be regulated or it's going to be reported to the IRS. So you can't just skate. Okay. You know, so if you do make you several thousand dollars or more, you want to definitely report that. So the question is, is it long term or short term? Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of holding period as if you're uh, investing in you know, Google or Apple, for example. Okay. So you see this as a long-term investment? It, I really see it as a long-term investment. So, Absolutely. So, so, and it's something that you should say, okay, this is money that I'm setting aside and it may not be able to provide me with the same security or information that I have with buying Apple because it's reported on a quarterly basis and it, it, it's, it's more highly regulated than... Um, than buying stock on a stock exchange. Okay. Can I put it in my IRA? You can. Okay. Can I put all my IRA money in Bitcoin? <laughs> it's not recommended. Okay. It's not recommended. <laughs> I was just testing it. Yes. No. It's We want to diversify portfolios. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. And, um, what about- you know, and, and as a percentage, you know, I think it's fair enough to say, you know, I wouldn't say more than 10% of your portfolio should be invested in a cryptocurrency. Okay. Or the whole idea of cryptocurrencies of 10%. What about Rob Gronkowski cards? <laughs> Can you tell our audience about Rob Gronkowski <laughs> NFTs and how that relates to cryptocurrency? Well, it, it's, this, <laughs> it's, it's really designed to the non-fungible tokens. NFT. Yeah. Are, it's really designed to benefit the artist and to... And and the reason being is, okay, you have a copy of this card, but you own it. The ownership is really the key. Mm-hmm. And with NFTs, you also have the ability to have royalties. So every right. time it's printed, you have the opportunity to make money on that as well. Okay. So the ownership so, is really what it comes down to. Right. Well, so Bitcoin too, right? I mean, Correct. So... So, so in that regard, it's it's electronic, yes, it's digitized, it's secured, right. it's limited, correct? These are limited editions, right? Correct. You can't copy. I can't copy a, a Rob Gronkowski card. I can't copy a Bitcoin. No. So in all those regards, it has it's, all the it's security. It's very similar, right? Except you got the royalties right. aspect of it. The royalty, the which and okay. and that's really great for artists. Mm-hmm. So that. It's it's very similar to you know I would imagine music will you know get to that as well, and you have the ability for the artist to continue to make money. Okay, interesting music. I hadn't thought about music NFTs. Right. Okay. Good. Um, we, we need to wrap this up. I think we've learned a lot about <laughs> cryptocurrency here I just more, in the last I half think you're hour. more confused than ever because it's it's I, a very difficult it's a very difficult topic. Sure. And, we, and my aim when I talk to clients about it is really to guide them. 
and just to offer the pros and cons. And I think we've offered that here today. And the other opportunity is it's something new. Um, you can talk about it at the cocktail party or barbecue. And it's just something that has really come into vogue that uh, anybody. So it's not just limited to institutional investors or accredited investors or qualified investors. If you are an individual and you said, I want to buy $25 worth of Bitcoin, you can do that. Even though one Bitcoin is $47,000 today. Right. So you're buying a slice Mm -hmm. of that Bitcoin. Got it. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to know about cryptocurrency before we get to the investment tip of the month. <laughs> okay. I think we've covered a lot of information and everyone has questions and I would just encourage you to give me a call so we can talk about it a little bit further. Uh, I feel that I have a pretty good background in uh, the cryptocurrencies. In fact, my son and wife have uh, invested in cryptocurrencies over the last decade. So oh, it's... they got it it's on the ground floor. Right. Wow. Yes, absolutely. And so that's the reason why I feel that I'm probably a little bit more prepared than the average advisor in... Um, Excellent. In, yeah. Good to so, know. Yeah. So I, I, I feel comfortable talking about it. And if I don't know, I have great resources to get the answers for my clients. Okay. Well, thanks, Gregory. And now, and we're going to make a habit of this, every podcast, every edition of Grand Turbo Moneycast, we're going to have an investment tip of the month. Do you have one for us? I do. And it really has to do with what's going on with infrastructure. So basic materials, uh, construction, that area, I believe, is really going to come into uh, vogue. And the reason being is the billions of dollars that are going to be spent. So not only just the companies uh, that produce, you know, let's say construction companies, but service like architectural firms, engineering firms that will benefit as a result of uh, the infrastructure bill that will soon be passed. And uh, as a prudent investor, it makes sense to have money in this particular sector over the next few years. Okay. Are there some publicly traded construction companies, for instance, that you can think of that would be particularly well poised? At this point, I'm not going to identify any uh, companies uh, particular, but in thinking about this, it's wide range. Um, Not only the building companies, uh, not only aggregate companies, but also the service aspect. And I've just really thought about this more recently that service companies like the engineering and the architectural companies will definitely benefit. Very similar to the gold rush in the 1800s where a lot of people were trying to become miners and mine gold, but it's the service-oriented companies mm-hmm. like the Levi Strausses. That was the clothing company mm-hmm. or the uh, pans sure. or the yeah. equipment or the shovels. Right. So that's the other. I just so, want so. people really to think about it. But so um, Think big picture. Big picture. Okay. Exactly. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, Gregory, it was a pleasure conducting this second installment of Grand Turbo Moneycast. Thanks for joining us. 
And everyone, please check in at www.grandersonwealth.com where you will find a menu of the podcasts that we have available for you. Gregory? Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate it. And I also want to thank Stephanie, our engineer, for uh, making this all possible. Thanks, Stephanie. Good night. You've been listening to Grand Turbo Moneycast, where we discuss some of the most important investment issues affecting your portfolio. Check back regularly for future editions of Grand Turbo Moneycast. And for more information, go to grandersonwealth.com. Have a good day and a grand portfolio.